You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. We are making our way through the book of Matthew right now in a series, and today we are in Matthew 4, 23 through 25. And today's passage is uh, not all that unusual in the Gospels. It actually shows up a lot, like all over the place. You keep coming across this passage that the Gospel writers keep using about how God in flesh, which is Jesus, how Jesus keeps going around and healing people left and right. Whole crowds gather to him in his fame and they walk up to him and they they ask him to heal. And he takes care of not just a few things, but every disease and every affliction. And a lot of times we're like, ah, God only heals the big things, not the small things. Or God can only heal the small things, but not these big things. You know, we oftentimes get stuck on either side. But the Bible shows Jesus taking care of all kinds of things, okay? On the crazy side, he... Uh, heals leprosy and leprosy falls right off people or he raises the dead that's a pretty good healing Uh, on the other side he heals someone with a headache just a headache you know like he's got the grace to take care of the little things and the big things and he's got the power to take care of it all so let's just take a look at the passage Uh, I'm just going to read it to you it's Matthew 4 23 to 25 and he went throughout all Galilee so this is Jesus starting his ministry Uh, After just coming out of the desert, he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. It's Matthew 4, 23 to 25. So Jesus can heal it all, uh, every disease, every affliction, and things that oftentimes we don't even think of as sickness gets lumped into it. So like uh, right there, Jesus cast out a demon. That's one of the every diseases and every affliction that Jesus is healing. Doesn't matter where it falls, he's looking to bring a fullness of health in every kind of area, not just physical, but in this cosmic sort too, with fighting spiritual oppression. So we're going to look today, I've preached a lot on healing over the years, <laughs> so often that like, if you think that I'm just going to talk about that the whole time, you might already be bored. Oh, we've heard every story, Jamin. No, you haven't. I just like to share select fuse way too much. So uh, <laughs> we're going to look at uh, a whole wider scope of healing in the Bible. If Jesus wants to heal every disease and every affliction and bring us the wholeness of life that uh, we can find in the Holy Spirit, then I want to talk about the fullness of healing in more ways than just physical. Okay, Starting with, well, physical, like I said. So physical is taking care of the sick. You know, it, it might be a form of ministry to take care of people who are uh, getting old and passing away or having a hospice for places who are getting sick. In fact, you might've noticed like a lot of hospitals are called like, you know, St. Mary's or St. This or that because Christians throughout the ages have always tried to get involved in physical healing. They can pray for them to be healed, but they'll also get involved in trying to uh, bring in doctors and heal in that way but also healing ministries where we pray over people to be healed. So fullness of healing and physical health. 
uh, some of the other avenues we're going to talk about fullness of healing and spiritual health. So whether that's teaching, spiritual formation, worship, growing people uh, to chase after God more and to find the fullness of life there in your spiritual life. We're going to talk about social uh, fullness of healing, which is bringing healing to our societies. So whether it's a, um, a justice movement or something like that, uh, we'll get involved in reconciliation, bringing people together and healing there. We'll look at healing in personal uh, avenues, which is like counseling, inner healing, environmental, couldn't fit the whole word in there. So environ, uh, which would be like taking care of creation, the healing of creation there. And then we'll talk about cosmic, which is deliverance, kind of like we were just talking about. So I know it looks like you're in for a really long message. Don't worry. I'm going to spend a lot of time on the first one and then kind of uh, go briefly through the other. So let's start with physical healing, because this is what we see in this passage. Jesus is walking around bringing physical healing as one of the fullness of healing for human beings. Now, I remember growing up and I just figured like, you know, we could cover praying for people. A lot of times it was just like, if they're sick, you just kind of pray that the doctor takes care of it to the best of their abilities. That was just commonly how I thought of, of praying for healing. I, I never in my wildest dreams at least thought like I could put my hand on a person and in that moment, in that spot, maybe later, but in that moment that they would be healed. But then I remember I was sitting in class one day in college when my professor was talking about uh, healing. I don't even know if that was on his agenda. He just always gets into that. Uh, but he was, he was talking about healing and he started talking about this girl that he was praying for back when he was a pastor before he became a professor. This girl had gotten sick with cancer. And you know, it's especially uh, scary to see that in kids and how parents have to deal with that and things like this. Uh, but he decided to, I think, uh, anoint her with oil, something you see in the Bible, and pray that this girl with cancer would be healed. And miraculously, the cancer went away. And I remember, like, just based on how I had always thought of healing at this point in my life, like, my mind was kind of messed up. I was like, wait a minute, whoa. <laughs> you can't heal cancer. <laughs> like, that one's, that's the ultimate death sentence. Doctors can't figure that out. I don't know why this is weird in my head, but it's like, if doctors can't figure it out, God can't figure Wait a minute. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I guess God could could take care of that. But because it seemed like kind of the ultimate like death sentence or at least something that you had to fight, something that human beings didn't know how to take care of. It just seemed odd in my mind, like that God could heal that. I figured he could heal the small things when people get sick through the doctor's hands. But could he heal something that the doctors couldn't heal through their own hands? And suddenly I was faced with this. OK, according to this story of someone I know and trust, God can heal cancer. And then I began to see it for myself. We had a girl in chapel. Girl in chapel came up to uh, the stage. Our chaplain had dealt with cancer himself, and he found out this girl in the school, uh, they thought that she might have cancer. So they brought her to the stage to pray over her. She comes to the stage, and the whole student body, hundreds of us, over a thousand, I'm sure, all gather, hands on each other's back, all going all the way up to that girl. We pray. And she goes to the doctor uh, to find out, does she have cancer? And they do the survey, the results, find out, yes, she does. Now, for a lot of people, that's where the story ends. But instead, uh, the chaplain made us all gather around again. So here's like a thousand people, hands on each other's backs, connecting all the way up to the girl up front. And we pray that God would take away this cancer. 
And she goes to the doctors and she shows back up a week or a few weeks later, miraculously, the cancer's gone. That she had just been diagnosed with. Yeah, you should have seen worship that day. I mean, the place just exploded. But here's what's interesting. Uh, just a side note, this is free for you. Uh, a lot of times when we like get super psyched up about healing stories, after the moment has passed, we forget about it or we start to discredit it because we've far enough removed ourselves from the intensity of what happened. This is why I often write these stories down so I can see like that I'm, I'm very assured of myself in the moment. It, it helps me later and it'll help you with pretty much any healing story. Uh, so here I am seeing like cancer can be healed. This is crazy, I just saw it for myself. It's amazing. I start to see healings happen uh, as I engage in ministry with this professor. I tell him, I want to learn this kind of stuff. Let me just go around with you. And he has this way of just kind of tossing you into the middle of stuff to figure this stuff out. It's great. Uh, I remember he took us to the homeless shelter down the road. And while we were there, um, he just had this feeling someone needed prayer for their foot. So he's just up there. He's like, I feel like the Holy Spirit's just kind of... Uh, put in my mind today, like somebody need prayer for their foot and someone stands up. He's like, yeah. And he's like, it's your left foot, right? He's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, okay, come up. Let's get pray for you. And so they pray for him. And he says, there's no more pain after this starts to become normal. I, I, I remember uh, a friend of mine is like, man, my foot hurts today. I'm like, well, I've seen this before. I said, be healed in Jesus name. And I'm mostly kind of joking. But then he's just like, dude, that I think that works. <laughs> like, Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I knew what I'm doing. <laughs> this, this is the stupid thing we all do if you get into this ministry. After it happens, like, I'm not surprised at all. And when in reality, we're like, oh, it worked. I can't believe it. Uh, I remember one of the times I got healed. I didn't expect it. Another joke of a prayer. In fact, probably the most joking prayer of all time for me. Uh, the, the tree, our logo that's out on the mural on the wall right there, uh, I spent all day painting that. I'm no artist. I just took a projector and painted it up there of the picture and then traced it onto the wall. Um, but uh, as I was painting that, like it was up and down a ladder all day, buckets of paint in my hand. My feet are killing me because I wore Toms for some reason. And at the end of the day, I go home and I walk to the house and I, I'm in pain, man. I, I kind of drudge myself up the stairs and I see my wife and I want her to know how much pain I'm in so that she'll rub my feet, right? That's what you do. So I'm like, hey, I just gotta go lie down or something, you know? So I, I go upstairs, I lie down in the bed, and then uh, I pray the dumbest prayer of all time. And I'm just like, God, if you could uh, make my wife more compassionate towards my situation right now, <laughs> that she would come and rub my feet, that would be great. Uh, no answer, okay, all right. So I pause, and then here comes the joke. I'm like, or, you know, you could heal it. Instantly, it was gone. I kid you not. I'm like, I, no, hold on. So I, like, jump up, and I start, like, jumping around. And I'm like, it's, it's gone. I feel nothing. It's like I haven't worked at all today. I run downstairs like, Jody, I've been healed. And she's like, okay, were you in pain in the first place? Or something? I don't remember how it went. But she was clearly not as surprised as I was. I'm like, no, see, it's all gone. It's crazy. Uh, as I looked throughout uh, my journal for this message, I saw tons and tons of stories um, that I could go into that I marked down of people getting prayed for and saying that they, they felt different after or uh, that they were healed. I've heard stories of people that we prayed for, but we didn't see. One of the people at the shelter, we prayed for their eyes. 
uh, to be healed because I, I believe they were blind. And when we came back like a week later, someone told us like, yeah, she can see now. What? <laughs> you know, like I can't testify to that because I didn't see the person again after, but someone else kind of spread it. You see these kinds of stories happen. It's just crazy. We've seen them in this church. Janice, who's not here today because she's sick, but uh, <laughs> thanks a lot, Janice, making my points look bad. Uh, but Janice one time uh, said that they had found like a mass on her heart. She needed a prayer for that. So we gathered around her. We prayed for her. She went to the doctor. They had to put a stent in and they couldn't find it anymore. The mass was gone. I called her today and she validated it. It, it was a memory. <laughs> it happened. I remember one time though, a lot of times like you pray for someone, you don't get to see it happen, right? Like you pray for someone's foot, it hurts. You pray for it and then after they're like, yeah, it feels better. It's like, that's great. I can't see a difference, but I'll believe what you say. Uh, one time though, Janice again, she's, she's prone to get healed a lot. I don't know why, uh, <laughs> but she comes up one time. She's like, pastor, I just need you to pray for me. I, I, my, I can't talk. That's how she sounds today, by the way. Uh, again, the irony. But she comes and says, I just can't talk at all right now. And so, like, I start praying for her. You know, I'm supposed to be leading worship or something. <laughs> um, but start praying for her, and she just starts, like, either speaking in tongues or just uh, crying out. And I watch her voice go from, God, would you just come in? You know, like, it just, like, from something falling apart to something beautiful. In a moment, you just watch her voice come through it. Uh, we've seen other healings as of late, such as Loretta. This is an amazing story uh, <laughs> and a terrifying story. I'll tell you my version of it. Okay? Loretta has been coming here for a while. Again, we got the cards out there if you want to sign them and say hello. We're taking her some of the food uh, after service tonight. Um, but I see that her son posted online that Loretta is uh, not expected to make it. That something has happened within the last time that I saw her, like a week ago. And she's in the hospital. So uh, I figure this out at like 11 at night. I get to the hospital at like 1230 at night. And I just like stand there for like half an hour praying over her. Because I'm just looking at her body. And there's like seven machines running everything. Even, even one of them's got blood in it. You know, like I'm like, at what point is your body falling apart that it's running blood? You know? I know some of you are nurses, you could answer that. We don't need an answer, I'm just saying it's crazy, right? So uh, everything's being controlled in some form. Her whole body is basically a machine at this point. And I'm just looking at her and I'm like, I just don't know if she's gonna make it. I don't, I don't know, but I'm just gonna keep praying. I prayed so long that I think the nurses got nervous because someone came in, she's like, so what you doing? <laughs> uh, clergy badge, just here, uh-huh. All right, let's wrap this up. So I wrapped up praying for her, left, uh, and you guys were all praying too. We made a post on Facebook, and many of you were uh, saying that you were praying along. And uh, then I tried to get a hold of her son again, say, you know, what's going on? And for four weeks, three or four weeks, he did not answer me because I guess he lost his phone. I thought I made him mad or something. <laughs> so, so I'm like, what's happened? Is, she alive? Is she dead? Because the doctors said, according to her son, that like she wasn't expected to really make it through this. Finally, I uh, go to her son's house and I say, hey, what's going on? You know, after like three or four weeks, he's like, oh yeah, she's in a specialty hospital now. I'm like, oh, in fact, this is great. You guys remember when I was preaching last week and somebody called us and I had to pause? Yeah. That was Loretta on the phone <laughs> telling us that she wanted someone to come see her. So would have been great to know that then. Uh, but anyways, um, 
she's doing well right now. She's got this huge incision that I think still isn't closed all the way. They still have to do some work. She expected to be there for four months, but we saw this healing. The, she says the doctor said that she cheated death. And it's amazing just to see that she's alive today. Amen. Well, you applaud that. It's good. Yeah. Amen. Espien is Dios. <laughs> Spanglish for the win. And uh, we have people who need healing right now. So as we kind of continue through this message, we're going to pause for a second. Um, Loretta, we still have to pray for her. She's still uh, got a lot of healing to do. We don't want her to be there for four months. It's obviously a long time. And she's in a lot of pain whenever they have to take a look at the incision. Um, Janice, obviously sick tonight. But one of the people that we need a special prayer for tonight is Dawn, who's usually with us. Uh, we just sent her on a bus to Texas because on Monday, uh, Monday or Tuesday, her son was shot and uh, the bullet is lodged in his brainstem. And he's, it's kind of flipped around from good to bad to good. Right now it's at bad. Uh, they were supposed to find out this afternoon if there was blood on the brain and if there wasn't blood on the brain, they were probably going to have to call it or something like that. So. Um, right now we're going to turn and pray. Uh, I don't know if he's alive or dead at the moment. I know Dawn's under a lot of pressure. She didn't even know the full story until she got there today. So we need prayers for her. Um, but here's what we're going to pray. We're going to pray that God heals him completely. And then we're also going to pray that if he somehow has passed, that he would resurrect him. Okay. So let's just pray right now. God, we just lift up these people. We lift up Loretta, would she be in no more pain? Would we see that uh, incision just healed up and everything fine? Pray for Janice. Would you give her a voice back just like you've done before and just take all the sickness out of her? And God, just a special prayer for Jeremy today, Dawn's son. There's a lot of extra healing that's needed here with reconciliation and once you bring guns and all these other things into the picture. But God, we just, we pray for Dawn. Would you give her a peace that passes understanding in this time? We pray for Jeremy. Would that bullet just dissolve, be gone, uh, and that blood would just begin to either appear or flow to where it needs to be, uh, that he would just uh, be brought up to full health, better than he was before he even got to the hospital. Uh, and we pray, God, that if for some reason we're late on the news and he has somehow passed or that the doctors are planning on uh, pulling the plug or something, we just pray right now that you would just... Uh, uh, resurrect him, just bring him to, to fullness of life, just like you did with Lazarus. Uh, so God, we just ask that right now. And we pray for testimonies that we'll hear later. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Keep praying for them throughout the week. They got a lot going on. Um, so let's, that, that was the one we are going to spend the longest on. These other ones I'll move through a little quicker. So fullness of healing, physical dimension. You see, Jesus cares about your physical dimension. Uh, he also cares about your spiritual dimension. Uh, and this comes in all different forms. It's one of the things that we try to do here is try to help you grow in your spirituality, whether that's through teaching, like we're currently doing right now, or spiritual formation. It's one of my biggest passions as a pastor is to uh, show people who the Holy Spirit is and help them be formed, not just with the fruit that, that the Holy Spirit will give you. Don't you want to be a more loving person, joyful person, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All of these things is in the Holy Spirit for your spiritual healing and fullness. 
but we also find uh, beyond that spiritual gifts, prophecy, healing, tongues. The list goes on and on. There's lots of other ways in which uh, um, the Holy Spirit works through people. So if you want to find the fullness of that and how God has designed you as a human being to walk in that ministry, then you need the fullness of spiritual healing. Worship as well. To get a passion for worship. Yeah, a passion to worship God in your actions and your life and what you do. But also in music. I know people downplay music a lot today as though it's not really that important of an element. I would disagree. And I think the Bible gives us some space to see it as a, a very powerful uh, weapon of spiritual warfare and of bringing in the presence of God. Um, okay, so that's spiritual healing. We need that as well. We also need social healing. Uh, which is reconciliation or justice ministries. We see the world kind of falling apart in a lot of different areas in this today. We see uh, women saying we really don't feel like we have the equality that we once fought for. We find black men and black women saying we really don't feel like we have the equality that, that we once fought for. We look at the stats for women and the stats for uh, those of other races and we see like, hey, they're right. We need more reconciliation here. We need justice to be found in all these different ways. And the Bible has always had this huge social justice message because God hears the prayers of everybody, right? And I tell you, the people I think God hears prayers from constantly are people dealing with uh, homelessness, uh, the widows who have no support and, and can't seem to find any friends, and the friend that they had is now gone, the uh, orphans who who feel left out and like they can't find anyone to take care of them, the refugees. You see all throughout the Bible, God painting this picture of, I hear their prayers all the time and my people need to do something about it. You need to love on them and show them my love and take care of them. So the orphans have homes, so the widows are taken care of, so everybody experiences my love. And so social justice and reconciliation, that's a huge part of the fullness of healing that we bring into the world. Because when we bring those things into the world, we're bringing a little bit of heaven, a little bit of God's will into the world. So those are things that uh, we need to focus on as well. And let me tell you this. I went to, I've been to plenty of kind of like social justice conferences that uh, have put on by Christians because Christians care a lot about this kind of stuff. Uh, sometimes it's made out that we don't, but a lot of us do. Uh, and I went to my first secular one earlier this year. And I got to tell you, social justice and reconciliation is so much better with Jesus. I'm not going to lie. That thing was terrifying on some levels. Uh, it's, it's funny because, you know, social justice is such a Jesus thing. But Satan still has a way to pervert it and twist it and turn it into something else. Uh, even the best things that can be out there. He disguises himself as an angel of light. Anyways, uh, I still partner in every way that I can, whether it's Christian or secular, if we're on the same page. And I serve on uh, uh, Drug Free Jackson here in Jackson, as well as the uh, Jackson COC, which looks to end homelessness. Because I see, like, these people care about the same things that Jesus did, even if they don't believe in Jesus. So I'll partner with them and use this to expand the kingdom. I'll show them that I care about this stuff because Jesus cares about it. And I'll show the people that they touch that we care about this stuff because Jesus cares about it. And that's why you'll find us promoting some of the things we do, because we believe in the fullness of healing, not just in physical, not just in spiritual, but in social avenues as well. If you want a book to check out, this was the one that changed my life on a social Christian justice standpoint. Jesus for President, uh, Politics for Ordinary Radicals. It's by Shane Claiborne and Chris Hall. 
I think it's like my second favorite book of all time. I keep a list, so you gotta be sure that. Uh, but you should, you should check that out if you wanna learn more about uh, that. Okay, personal healing. Ah, oh, don't look at that, I moved too far ahead. Go back, I uh, just, I guess you have to look at it, okay. <laughs> personal healing. This is the one people don't wanna do the most, right? Uh, for a long time, people looked at counseling as like, a, oh, there's something wrong with people who go to counseling, rather than like, you know, there's something wrong with all of us and we could all use counseling. Um, but personal is one of the hardest ones because it gets into some of the hardest stuff. We don't really want to have to go back into horrible memories and relive them. We don't really want to be told, hey, you've got some leftover business with this person and you need to go back and fix it. But personal healing, if you want physical, spiritual, social healing, like a lot of that's going to start with personal healing. Because you need to kind of fix yourself as you're going to, to fix others. And it's hard because there's a lot of stuff out there that we don't want to forgive. And if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of times we'd be like, I don't think we should have to forgive that. Even though Jesus tells us to forgive everything, right? And let him be the ultimate decider on judgment. Um, I think of one of the first times I preached on inner healing uh, out at uh, a church somewhere and I had this lady come up to me and just like, you know, I, I'd preach like, here's the things you gotta do, you gotta forgive, you gotta, you gotta love that person even though you're they're your enemy, regardless of what they've done, it's very hard. But this lady comes up and I was still new to this and she starts telling me the story of how she would go to church and her husband would just wanna stay home and apparently he would molest their kids. And she comes up to me, she's like, you want me to forgive this? You want me to move past this? And I was new to teaching on this and I was trying to push her too hard, too quick. Uh, these things take time. But uh, I had to try to coach her. I'm like, I understand this is difficult. I understand that we feel like we shouldn't have to forgive people for these kinds of atrocities, but Jesus tells us to do it because he knows it's better for our health and for their reconciliation and their growth. Uh, and I had to coach her on what forgiveness is. A lot of people think it's forgive and forget, right? Two F words that we put right next to each other. Forgive and forget. It's not, you guys. Forgetting is not forgiveness. If she forgot, guess what would happen? The same thing all over again. Because she would put things back in the same situation. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is saying, you owe me a debt and I release you of it. You ever seen a bank loan forgiven, right? Student loan forgiven? That's, that's forgiveness. Spencer's like, I have not. <laughs> but we've heard the legends of afar. Um, <laughs> that's what that is. You owed someone something. And regardless of the fact that they should not have to forgive you and that you owe them something, you still release them of what they owe you. And that's part of the step towards the reconciliation and the fullness that you need and the fullness that they need. I've experienced that myself. I know a long time ago I had this friend who just like, I felt like I was always saying sorry uh, and that uh, uh, they weren't always coming back with their own apology. And like, I just felt God keep putting on my heart, you gotta apologize for this. But like, I don't want to, because then they don't, they don't come back. They just take my apology and leave me hanging. 
And then one day I just remember, it was like the fifth time, like, I don't want to say sorry again, but fine, I need to get it off my chest. So a long time ago, I tell him, I'm sorry. And I got the response back, I'm sorry too. And guys, I kid you not, something fell off of my shoulders. <laughs> I, I, I don't even really know how to explain it, but like I was just sitting there in front of my computer and like something spiritual, as though it was this weight I was carrying, I had no idea, just fell right off of me. Like claws just snapped right off. <laughs> and I realized in that moment, just like, man, the, the reconciliation, the, the pain I'd been feeling, the, the unfullness of health that I'd been carrying around, it required reconciliation for that to break off. So we need that personal stuff to, to get us out of it. Reconciliation is powerful. Okay, environmental healing. I'm not going to say much about this because we just said a lot on the podcast. That's what that picture was for. Uh, if you want to hear more about uh, why we should care about the environment as Christians, check out our podcast. We brought in Erin Schott for that episode. She used to go here, but she's not here right now because she's in Ireland. Uh, Scotland. She always wanted to go to Ireland. She got the next best thing. Uh, <laughs> she's in Scotland where she uh, has studied, uh, got her master's in some form of environmental science. So uh, we talked to her. You're a Christian. You care about the environment. Help us understand why we need to. Because Christians a lot of times kind of get the bad rap for being the ones who don't care. Uh, just a few quick tidbits to remind you. God said he would never flood the earth again, not that we couldn't flood the earth, okay? And then also, a lot of times we look at Revelation, we're like, ah, the planet blows up in the end, it doesn't really matter. When in fact, it's about God establishing a new earth and kind of recreating what's already there. So, reasons that we should care, let alone the fact that uh, God's a cosmic landlord of sorts, right? I mean, he gave us this land and said, subdue it, take care of it. And that subdue is not like, subdue it! It's like, hey, there's chaos still among the earth and things are being taken over. Go subdue it, and as my imagers, take care of it. Check out the episode on the podcast, Christian Environmentalism, to learn more about that. Uh, and then cosmic, uh, one of the final things just to talk about. Man, this is a very dense subject, and it took me like an entire fourth of a book to explain it. So. I don't have time to get into the whole thing, but I worked really hard on that section to try to talk about it as in depth as I can. If you want to learn more about it, either talk to me or check out uh, the last part of my book, The Rush and the Rest, but, uh, or talk to me after. I have codes, free codes, so you can get an audio version of it. Um, but uh, cosmic healing. The world is not as simple as just like God and humanity at play. This is why atheism is kind of like this funny conversation to me because we're trying to convince people that God is real when in fact the Bible is like yeah there's God and then there's angels and then there's fallen angels and there's demons and there's the other false entities that rule the world and there's this and that and you're like there is so much here <laughs> to take in like it's a much bigger supernatural cosmic world than just like God and humanity at play that's the picture the Bible paints and it has this understanding that uh um, God gave authority to other supernatural beings to rule the earth and that he is still ultimately in charge of it and that his line of people is Abraham's line of people and uh, who that will go out to, the Christians down the road. 
And these other entities were supposed to rule over some of the other nations. They were supposed to do a good job and image God, but they did a horrible job. And in Psalm 82, God comes before them and says, you guys have done messed up and you're all going to die like men. Even though you're supernatural beings that are immortal, you're going to die. And the Christians who are going to die are going to become immortal and live with me and replace you in some sense. As Jesus gives us uh, uh, space to be in his kingdom and as Paul says, to judge angels. So all this being said, you see this supernatural image being written that we need healing not just in a natural environment, but in a supernatural environment. That there are territories in which demons dwell. You see that in the Gerasene demoniac, right? Jesus tries to cast all these demons out of a guy. And they're like, please just don't send us out of the country. I'm like, what? The demons are residents of Mesopotamia? You know, like, how does that work out? Uh, but you see that the spiritual world's been set up in some kind of way that we just don't understand. It's very confusing, and God didn't explain it to us. And so we just do with what we can about the subject as the Bible explains it. And the Bible explains it is not as simple as God and humanity. It's not even as simple as God gets everything he wants all the time because there's a lot of other variables getting in the way. Whether we will give him what he wants, whether the other supernatural beings will try to fight him, whatever the case may be, it's a very dense world. So if you want to find healing even on a cosmic uh, level, then you have to do ministry with the Holy Spirit, okay? And that includes uh, deliverance, casting out demons. First time I did it, it was in Chicago. I got in the car with uh, the guy that I was going out there with. He's like, we're going to have to cast out a demon at this. I just feel God telling me that's going to happen. And I'm like, yeah, that's normal. Okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> we get out there, second day, sure enough, this girl manifests a demon, and they throw me right into the fire. Like, okay, Jamin, read the Bible over them while we cast it out. I'm like, yeah, okay, this is normal, sure. And so I like, I open to a good chapter the first time. It's like, uh, and Jesus casts out a demon in the synagogue <laughs> or something. And he's just like, you hear that demon? Jesus is going to cast you out too. I'm like, yeah, okay, good. We're doing good here. And he's like, go to Revelation. They hate that stuff. I'm like, all right, Revelation. And I think I opened to like some letter to La Laodicea or something, you know, like, all of Revelation is about God ending all the supernatural cosmic bad forces. There's so much I could have chose from. Instead, I'm like, dear church of Ephesus. You know, so, <laughs> so here, here we are. And finally, they just took the Bible away from me. Like, someone else do this. Jamin doesn't get it yet. Like, okay, fine, church. <laughs> uh, take a while. We cast it out. And uh, I see it for the first time. And then I start ministry here. And in the first year that I was here, we had uh, someone manifest a demon. We tried to cast it out. We weren't successful the first time. They went home and apparently would manifest as a demon like every other day or something. <laughs> and, and, and someone from the house would call. They're just like, hey, this is kind of weird. I don't know what to do. We're like, hey, it'll probably be fine. We'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> I was new to this. <laughs> they didn't know because I was acting like I, I understood these things. <laughs> So like three weeks later, they're just like, uh, they're just like, hey, it's still happening. And she's just like cursing me out every night. <laughs> can, we, can we do something like, yeah, sure, why not? Uh, go ahead, let's come to the church and pray. So we get to the church, we pray, we gather around, we all lay hands on her in my office, just a few of us. And this person was like a tiny person, but like we had this big guy holding her down and like she was putting up a fight. <laughs> And finally, we just kept praying until finally the demon 
uh, left. You could just tell she was finally relaxed. Something had changed. And we had just done spiritual warfare in this building in my office. Don't go to my office. It's haunted. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We sent it out. We got rid of it. And like that right there, that's an element that a lot of Christians today miss. Because we think that it's as simple as we're trying to convince atheists into God and humanity. There's so much more going on. And Revelation is about God putting an end to that so much more going on. The promise he made back in Psalm 82 about how the gods, the corrupt spiritual entities, would die like men. So, fullness of healing. There's a lot there. And a lot of people are like, I can't do all this. There's too much to do. <laughs> Understandable. Find a spot and really focus in on it, though. Because if every Christian could, like, make themselves really aware of at least one or two or eight of these things, we could suddenly really make a difference in what we're doing. So we're now going to move into uh, reconciliation, healing, spiritual healing, worship. Uh, if the band can come to the stage, here's what we're going to do. We've already prayed for um, Jeremy, but we're going to pray again, this time through music. The song that we're going to sing is called The Miracle Maker. And we're going to recognize that we need a miracle maker. All the things that led to that moment to make it happen needs a miracle. And right now, as he is uh, going through all this stuff, he needs a miracle. So um, we're going to pray and sing through music uh, for just a few minutes here as we lift them up. So would you keep them in mind as we do this? Uh, make this song a prayer for Jeremy. <laughs> 